0: Hello and a big one, welcome to you. My name is Marion Rose, PhD, and today on the podcast I have Shelley Clark, who actually I'm going to say hello, Shelley, welcome. Hi. <laughs> and Shelley is a Marion Method mentor. Method. It's not board. That's, that's a new yeah. thing. It's the Marion Method mentor. She is. And you are the first, you were the first person to get certified. So I want to congratulate you, Shelly, and welcome you on. And you. you're going to talk all things MM, your work as a mentor, your journey as a mentor. So um welcome. Thank you. i've forgotten <laughs> how to ask questions on podcasts uh <laughs> tell, okay. us about your, tell us about your journey Shelley. <laughs> um
1: we 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 could just preference everyone and say that we've just recorded my <laughs> first podcast so we've been talking marian's been talking for an hour uh <laughs> to me all about her beautiful work and um because i'm launching a podcast um and now we are um on yours so um
0: and I actually would love to invite everyone to go and have a listen to that one because I thought it was really yummy so um when you share your details at the end they'll be able to know how to go and listen to that if they
1: want to next yes that would be lovely that will be coming out in a, a few weeks um so thank you thank you for having me thank you for having me on again um my journey with marion method and um i think i talked a little bit about this last time as well about you know uh, how i've worked with you for five years or so now um and really found you one day through googling kind of psychosynthesis and um and aware parenting or parenting and something and you popped up and and um And really it's just been about doing one course and loving that and implementing the, the, you know, that lens and the practices. And then I think I did the, um, you know, the willingness practice or the willingness course, or, you know, I sort of did all of your short courses um, and and, and mentoring with you. So, you know, mentoring now for sort of three years and really experiencing this all the time and, and implementing it into my life and seeing how much it really has changed. And then last year doing um, your first intake of um, Marion method um, mentors it is hard. <laughs> I don't know why we it. it's hard to say, isn't it? Mentor every time. M M M
0: T Marion Method mentoring training, and I always need to work out how many M's I've said because there's a lot of M's in there.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, you're frozen. <laughs> you froze too.
0: How interesting. Given that we're going huh. to talk about conversations with life how interesting that we we both froze for each other around that point
1: freezing freezing with memories well I always find and this is where um we can talk straight about conversations with life um as one of the areas of the work that you teach with with love and with will so lovingness and and willingness and conversations with life as the three modules really, um, and um, conversations with life have have been really. It's been a really powerful process for me, and really um, getting being present into what is happening around me, um, and especially last year through the training. So I would encourage anybody who is. Um, keen to learn more, dive in. Wants to become uh, a Marion Method mentor. Um, we're really struggling with saying. Methods, kind of I know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, to do it because the year-long training is amazing. Last year, you know, the depth of work and the depth of really embodying the the practices and processes and, and understanding um was really a very transformative year for all of us that were in it um and it was lovely it was so wonderful so it was probably one of the most enjoyable um trainings and certifications I've done so you know thank you for that
0: oh yay I love that I'll pay you later Shelly. <laughs>
1: no it's unpaid you don't even need it's like you know um i really if if yeah if people would like to transform their lives honestly it's a it's a wonderful training Mm -hmm. even if they don't want to go and do mentor mentoring others it's um when you really are, are deeply embodying these these practices daily and it it does transform your your life and conversations with life so i've noticed anytime um something freezes or zoom freezes or the internet drops out it's often always a sign that um i'm working through there's something for one of us or whoever it is around um a a little part of us that might be a bit frozen or a little part that um maybe didn't get to it's often around speaking for me um that around sharing my voice and, and talking. So it doesn't surprise me that we had a little freeze here in the, as we're talking on a podcast. So um, and, it's just, and not not, um
0: pronunciating the actual name of the whole thing um, in, in both commas accurately.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which is interesting as well, because I think um recognizing where I was when I first started this work and now like I would just that inner critic, that harsh kind of inner voice that many of us have, especially if we've grown up in a culture in, in in the disconnected domination culture um, where if we went to school or university and did, you know, whatever it might've been where we were told things or judgments or marked on things and we internalize, um, so much. And so I would really, I'd probably get off the end of this conversation and go, Oh my gosh, Oh, I couldn't talk properly or it froze and, Oh, what's people going to think of me? And it, it would kind of ruminate on it in, with this ang- anxiety in my body for however long I had no practices to shift out of that. Um, whereas now I can I'm getting a lot better still not all the time but I'm getting a lot better at noticing my thoughts and noticing when I'm picking up that guilt stick which I love your explanation of guilt sticks and and guilt and shame have it's just changed so much for me um and yeah so noticing when I'm picking those up and and I just now set a loving limit and go I'm not willing to think those things about myself. It's not true. I'm not willing to say, Oh my gosh, that wasn't perfect. People aren't going to, you know, are going to think this and this and this. Um, it just, it just dissipates. And then I go, okay. And then move on to the next thing, um, without the anxiety and without the kind of constant thoughts and, and tension in my body. So, um, yeah, so that's a little bit about conversations with life, um, mm. and and where I've come from. I think. Um, what else do I want to say about that?
0: Can I, shall I add a little thing that might yeah. whilst, you, whilst you're thinking about the next thing. I'm, yeah, I I so resonate. and I was thinking myself like some years ago in just that that whole bit there that I'm going to include in because to me mm. I want to uh, model that the dd culture that shames us and and that we would that we take out stuff we mm. it looks like it, it looks like it, it isn't and you know for me i would have probably had shame all the way through the rest of the podcast because oh my gosh you know i don't even remember what the shame thoughts would be because i just don't have them anymore but and to understand that shame isn't just some inherent thing that we feel it's caused by the harsh ways of thinking that we learn from this DD culture and it makes a huge profound difference, isn't it? To, to get freer and freer and freer from that internalized shame. I mean, just it's so yeah. for me, it was so crippling before. Really. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's crippling for many people, you know, even, um, even people with, uh, you know, we go, I go to a, friend's house and have a conversation. And I would leave the conversation, leave and drive home and think, should I have said that? Did I say that? Was I this? Was I that? Oh my gosh, I was too much. Oh, I shouldn't have been too loud. Like there was all these constant kind of thoughts and um, cycles that I would loop around in and um, the inner loving presence processes, the the lovingness um, module and practices and Having that combined with the willingness, it just has shifted so much for me um, because I just don't have those anywhere near as much now um, because I think of the lovingness and the inner loving presence process, offering myself more love and compassion um, rather than and that inner harshness has really, um, really shifted
0: yay i'm so glad to hear that it's so yummy they're really practical tangible ways that this makes a difference that's why i'm like oh yeah really i remember some years ago looking at the mirror and one of those moments of like oh my gosh i didn't even know it would be possible to change this much and in other words to actually get free of so much of that harsh inner dialogue Mm,
1: yes and i think the um the way you frame love hurts and and will hurt. So love hurts and will hurts, and really understanding where our feelings when our, where our feelings come from through you know from past times, and and then how we process them in the moment with our outer loving presence or an inner loving presence is just um, it's quite a profound experience. I know. Um, through mentoring with you for so long now, um, just having that um, space where you can show up and and be however, <laughs> however you want to be with all of the feelings. You know, I've come and we've had sessions where I've raged and I've, I've had sessions where I've cried my eyes out for the whole entire time. We've had sessions where I've gone back to you know, process feelings from when I was a, a baby and in utero, and and then all through toddler and teenage, you know, early childhood, and going back and really having these um, these feelings uh, listened to, and having an outer loving presence, um, and then being able to internalize that has shown me the power of it, and then enables me to offer that to other men, mentees, so people that I mentor um, and work with um, and and then my children. and so it's um, it's a really powerful process to go through and it's hard to offer um, it's hard to offer something to our children that we haven't received ourselves and we haven't we haven't got that felt sense in our body of what that really feels like. And I think that's where the Marian method work is so incredibly important. And I want everyone to know about it um, because the practices are so tangible that, uh, and that you can do them, you know, in the moment <laughs> with your child or while you're driving to, um, you know, while you're driving to a meeting or wherever it might be, and things can really change. Mm anything else that you particularly notice as you
0: reflect on like how different differences in yourself or different ways you perceive things or Mm,
1: yeah I was just thinking then actually like really simply um this was with my children they go to school they're here in a in a school um here in Adelaide and I remember probably last year or maybe even the year before um I wrote the principal an email just to have a meeting with, with them about something, and I remember um, driving to school that day, feeling this incredible anxiety in my body and, um, and just getting worried. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to go talk to the principal. Oh, my goodness. Like, and this I'm a grown woman, and it's, I'm not even in trouble, <laughs> but that, <laughs> that was the feelings that um, were coming up for me. And so just recognizing how quickly now I can use these processes um, where I can say to myself, okay, how old do I feel? Oh, certainly like a, in primary school, I was obviously really scared of going to the principal um, or getting into trouble or any of those things. And so I was like, okay, I feel about five or six or seven. And this is driving from our house to school, which is five minutes and my kids are in the car too so that, you know you can get quite fast at these this awareness when um when you do it so often um so I was driving to school and and I could say you're safe you know I could say to myself my inner loving mother um you know could say to little six-year-old me um, you've done nothing wrong. That's a big one for me. You've done nothing wrong. Um, you're not in trouble, you know, whatever it is that I needed to hear, you're safe. You're just going to actually have a conversation, um, about a couple of things. And it wasn't even anything. It wasn't anything major. It wasn't anything. No one had done anything wrong, but it's just, it was really triggering those feelings in me, um, or bringing them up. And, and being able to offer that love and compassion by the time I had gotten to school and dropped the kids off, um, it was fine, you know, and then I can come in and I can be really willing for, um, the meeting to go in a way that I was wanting to share whatever I was thinking, um, offer the suggestions that I was wanting, you know, whatever it was, um, you can then, I then did a willingness, a quick little willingness. I'm really willing for this to go, um, how I would like it to, I want to say this, this, and this, and then I'm in my power. And the feeling is then that I'm really grounded in my body. And that, that, that meeting goes how I saw it going. Um, and that really was a quick five minute thing. You know, it's only a five minute drive. Um, I wouldn't, have had any of the skills to be able to navigate that um, previously without this work and I probably then would have gone into that meeting with that inner child's anxiety which then I could feel and I probably wouldn't have said the things that I wanted or it would have got jumbled and you know and then I probably would have come out of that meeting and gone oh you're terrible and hopeless and, you know, whatever the thoughts would have been around, oh, that's no good. You're not good at speaking in public or the, the judgment and shame. And this is how that cycle of, um, of anxiety thoughts, you know, not recognizing where those feelings are coming from kind of keep going. Um, and I just, yeah, I suppose reflecting on the processes that I now use all the time that is a whole different experience with a, with a five minute kind of realization awareness. Yeah. Mm, I love that. It becomes more
0: and more, more, more quick, doesn't it? The how Mm. sometimes things, things still to need a longer time Mm. in terms of being able to just quickly do them in our everyday
1: life. So, so, so helpful. Yes. Practice and helpful with our children too. So very quickly now and this wasn't always the case I used to write out and journal the practices a lot and I would um, go through an inner loving presence practice where I would write out what was coming up what the feelings were and um, what my inner loving mother or um, father or um, husband or friend or whatever it might be would say and I would go through that practice um, writing it out now often it's in the moment where, um, something's happening with my children or, um, maybe it's like, I know five o'clock is always often a, a time for me when I'm trying to cook dinner and the kids are running around and the, the dog's barking and cooking, you know, I'm trying, all the things are happening at once. And I ask someone to do something and, um, they don't do it. And I often feel powerless in those moments. And that's when I, you know, when we are feeling powerless as a parent, that's when we're more likely to um, go into power over. I know you know this, but, um, and so bringing in the practices and processes in those moments as well. And sort of checking in with myself and checking in with my willingness and what am I needing in this moment? And, and that has been so powerful because I can actually say to myself, you've got plenty of time here. It feels like it's all rushing and all loud and, and overwhelming. And if I just pop a hand on my chest with all of that chaos around me and I feel my feet, and I just say I can hear that that voice internally saying, "You've got plenty of time here. You know, you've got time to sit down. You can take two minutes, um, like you know, to go and sit or and have a breath." It really changes um, my response to what's happening around me with my children, and um, it's been one of the most powerful kind of changes really with with my parenting. Mm. I
0: really love hearing how the the practices and processes actually support you to connect more and more with your true nature's love and will. So to to realize how powerful you are even the fact of that the the practices help and that you can use them to me is like, oh you know, I'm powerful because I can I can have a different experience here. I can I can send love here. I really love that sense of like, it makes such a difference, isn't it? Really understanding your psyche and Mm -hmm. understanding what a feeling is and it's, yeah, really love how you explain it.
1: Mm, And actually um, that's probably been one of my biggest, well, I've got so many, I say that all the time with all the things. That's my biggest thing. That's my biggest thing. Um, But recognizing the difference between a thought and a feeling was really something I hadn't really heard or thought about or, or came across. Um, and that was, that's been amazing too, recognizing when I'm thinking something and when I'm shooting myself or when I'm, um, judging when it's a judgment and, um, that has been really, life-changing because then I can go, oh, actually I can change my thoughts on this level, on my, on my thinking level, on the, on the mind kind of level. But then the work also includes our feelings and our sensations in our bodies. And so it's like that body bottom up approach as well, because you're then really listening to the feelings that come up, then that might be grief or, you know, sadness or pain or whatever it might be. And listening to those feelings um and so we've got kind of processes for that you often hear about um top down bottom up approaches where in psychology and a lot of therapy where your talk therapy is very much talk 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 because you're in in the mind and um sometimes no amount of talk therapy will actually help you to process the the trauma or the the thing that you um that you're working through because it's all in the head Um, and then you've got your bottom up approaches. So your somatic work and your body work and, you know, when people come into the somatic side of things, um, you know, healing, a lot of healing happens. We know this through from aware parenting as well, where, you know, when we are able to express those feelings and cry and um, rage and move our bodies and, 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 um, move it through, then um, profound healing happens and real big shifts in the nervous system and the body. And I love your work because it actually has processes for the, the, that mind top-down approach and also very deeply embodied in um, awareness of our sensations in our body, awareness of those feelings and where they're coming from, um, and then ways to meet those unmet needs that that may be driving those feelings or you know causing those feelings. And so you have a very much bottom-up approach as well. So top down, bottom up, and then you have conversations with life, which is our um, beautiful way of moving through the world. And that then is, your outside in approach, your, and, and, and inside out, you know, you, that's then you um, communicating with everything around us. And then we're all one and that we're all interconnected. And so hence why I really love all of your work because it's so deep and rich in um, understanding all of these different nuances of language and thoughts and feelings and, um, the nuances of being with holding space and presence and being with our children. Um, it's been a big journey for five years. (laughs) I really, um, you know, when you were saying reflecting back of where you've come from and to now, I'm like, wow. Yeah, that's, there's a lot. (laughs) So there's a lot in there.
0: Yeah. And I love how you talk about bottom up and top down and, you know, then your business name. I was just thinking though, which way around I suddenly remember is it mind, body or body, mind, mind, body, mind, body parenting.
1: Well, it's mind, body parenting as a, the three sort of aspects, I suppose. But really when I think about it, we, that's separating out the mind and body, which we can't really, we, you know, we try to do, we have done in the domination culture for a very long time. Um, so I probably would have liked to have named it whole body, um, you know, parenting as in we're yeah. really parenting from our body. But I do like having uh, awareness of when it's our, our thinking and our mind. And I love um, having information and knowledge. And I, I love sharing that with um, people in the world. So um, hence why it's mind, body, parenting. But I do, I'm very aware that mind and body aren't separate. <laughs>
0: The fact that we have two Each different for it. Yes. yes, and also all your background as a craniosacral therapist and even before that, and I, um, mm. just really love how you bring like like we've often talked about this from, you know, like the s- spirit soul sense from psychosynthesis through the mind and the feelings and the body and the, the really that somatic very felt sense energetic like that you that you really can travel all. All of those realms with your mentees, which is so powerful.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I, well, I love all of those, and then hence why I do love mind-body parenting because I love all of the different layers on on and the nuances of how we work with, well, um, how we are with each other, or how we are with ourselves first, and then with our mentees, but then also um, how that plays out then with our children and and responding and and being with our children. Um, which is that's my passion really of, of helping parents to um, come back into ourselves and in our true nature of love and will and then we see our children in those in that same through that same lens. So, yeah. Wow.
0: Hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if we might even talk a bit about, so we've been talking more about psychospiritual reparenting, which is mm. the, the Marion method work, but also the psychospiritual parenting, mm-hmm. which of course is listening to children's love needs and will needs and their love hurts and will hurts, but also seeing them as, as such powerful um, messengers from life. And I, we, you've had so many sessions. I remember so many sessions of yours. There have been such profound things happening from the, um, you know that one more recently. You'll probably remember where you sat in a different place from the original one that you shared last time about the about your son's birth. And I, I wonder if you talk a bit about this because I really love how you embody um, children as messengers in your life and in your work.
1: Mm, and I, I, yes, I see children, and I've, I've learned a lot from you and also from um, Aletha with a web. Wear- Parenting and um, Patty Whitfler with hand in hand parenting, and Anne Heffern here in Adelaide. So I really want to acknowledge all of, and all of the wonderful people I've learnt from, um, but also um, with craniosacral therapy and Dr. Upledge's work, really understanding that our children, we are conscious beings when we are conceived, <laughs> and really the. Really aware of how much our children take in in utero and through the birth process and in those early, you know, very early um, attachment times, you know, with our um, caregivers. Um, and so, yeah, through all of my training, really have a deep understanding of the fact that children know what they need. They're very powerful. They are actually very, very embodied when they're in their true, when they're balanced and in their center, when they don't have feelings um, that, that they're holding on to in their bodies and that they haven't been able to express. Um, they are deeply connected to sort of more than we are become <laughs> they're way more uh interconnected and aware of what's going on around them and and sometimes even um uh yeah they just they just bring us messages and and I didn't really I probably was aware of this before your work because I've always felt a deep sense of connection to um to life and to 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 messages and to things that have happened i'm like oh that happened because that needed to happen and but it's sort of only on retrospect that i was able to link those things together um but really since learning more about conversations with life and the marion method i can see that so much more clearly now that our children bring these things to us in the moment and it's incredibly powerful um I know I've talked we talked about last time my birth with my third son who's now three and he um I was like 41 weeks pregnant. So in those last stages, and I was kind of like, when's this happening? And I was in that real like, I'm ready. <laughs> Are you ready? There's pressure coming in from all the different birth, you know, the way we birth, which is another whole conversation. Um And so I was trying to trust and be with my baby and I think you and I were having a conversation in one of our sessions and we're saying, you know, are you talking with babies so anyone out there listening, your babies can hear you in utero. you can talk to them, that you can tell them about the birth process, ask them when they're ready to be born, trust their process. Um, It's really powerful when we we understand this sense and right from when they're little. Um, and so I was talking to my baby and he, and, and we were saying something like, are you ready to be born? Or when, are, when are you ready? I'm, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm listening. I'm, I trust you. I trust your timing. I trust your timing was a big one. I kept saying to him. Um, and next minute I hear my son from the bathroom um, who's in the bath with his sister and dad in the bathroom. And he's like, I'm ready to get out now. And he shouts this from the bathroom and we, you and I were like, oh, that was like, it was a split second after we had just asked. And it was, it was like, we can't even make this up. Like, this is so, um, it, it's just incredible. And, and I'm like, oh, okay. So it's a real clear message that he's ready. And so I just trust that. And then there's been times where, um, you know, my children might be playing something and they come running into me and they they might scream like, you're not listening to me. And I'm kind of like, oh, where, you know, where'd that come from? What, what are you talking about? But they're not actually you know, they're bringing me a message often and I'll just think and go, what was I just saying? Or what was I just doing? What am I not listening to? Um, and when we have this awareness, it's like, Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, and, uh, rather than, before this work, I probably would have gone, what are you talking about? What, what What do you mean I'm not listening to you? What do you want? And I would probably have gotten a bit frustrated with it or why are you yelling at me? You know, but actually um, recognizing it as a message. And sometimes you might not know, but it's just you get a sense like, oh, that was for me. And then we can say thanks and, and use that. And, um, yeah, and then... So that there's been many, so many with um, conversations with life, with my kids bringing me messages, or, or um, one thing I wanted to share was, and this is how we can really step into our power with as a parent, and and lead and lead from that place of of real groundedness and centeredness is that when my children say are fighting or there's there's squabbling or there's something that's a bit unenjoyable rather than me and sort of disconnected domination culture might look at it and go, well, why are you fighting and what's wrong with you and you need to change this and you shouldn't be saying that to your brother. Like rather than kind of blaming and and putting that onto our children, if there's an issue or something, I always start with me first and bring it to a session or have some mentoring around it or um. And it might be that actually there's two parts of me that are internally having a struggle or that one's trying to, one's not listening to another part or there's just, it's often mine most of the time. And the more I've been able to work through the practices and processes and willingness and am I willing for my children to have a different relationship or to, to change their communication, whatever it might be. Um, and the more i've done my own work on that and and then i haven't actually needed to go and do anything with the kids because they were reflecting back and, and in my my own stuff and my uh, a very clear message that oh, there's something here for you and i would go and work on that and then it just shifts it's amazing
0: mm-hmm. so wonderful isn't it such a different lens through which to look at, at children as as wise communicators, <laughs>
1: yeah, wise communicators, wise beings. You then start to see the miracle of life, the you know life around us, and you have a real sense of deep um, interconnectedness, and then more joy and less. You can surrender, and you can. It's less. Um, I'm less anxious and less because I'm less controlling, I suppose, or worried about things or I, this need to fix it or fix what's happening with my kids or fix things or whatever it is. But because I now um, can really deeply trust like, oh, what's life bringing me here? Oh, what are the kids doing? And and kind of sit back with some curiosity and go, oh, Okay. You know, there was a, um, the other one that recently with my children, um, which was very clear and I, I'm happy to share this with, <laughs> cause it's very profound. We, um, we had a miscarriage a year and a bit ago around, uh, with our fourth baby. And really in this time, um, since I've been, we are still in discussions of, do we have another child? And, um, you know, like will we have a fourth, and are we, and what's going on? So we're still talking about that um, with my with my husband and with the kids and family and and all the things. And one day, not long ago, we we're lying. Um, my husband and I were in bed. we were just in the morning reading, just hanging out, and then um, we were talking and had a conversation about like, oh, I feel like maybe there is another being and, you know, the decision to have another child, you know, it's a back and forth and are you ready? And what do you feel? And all of those things and making that a really conscious choice of, of, um, you know, feeling like there is another little soul there for our family. Um, anyway, I was talking about that and I was saying, I'm feeling like there might be, and, you know, my husband was listening and then my daughter unprompted comes in with a and then you can't, this is what I mean. You can't make these things up. Like it's life communicating through us with conversations. She brings her baby doll in <laughs> from her bedroom. And um, so this is, it's like one of those real life kind of looking dolls that, that looks like a baby. She brings it in and she's like, mom, if you have another baby, I think we should call it this name. And we were like, What? We just sort of looked at each other, my husband and I looked at each other, what? Did she just hear what we were talking about? She literally came in and just out of nowhere, nowhere for, you know, it was just came in at the same time we were talking about this saying, if you have another baby, I think this is the name. And we went, oh, well, we quite like that name. Yeah. Okay. And I looked at this baby and she said, Oh, can you just hold this while I go and get the batteries or get something to put on it? And I just looked at this baby and went, hi, hello, (laughs) like this little doll. And I went, Oh, it was just this. It takes some of the decision, you know, when you can think about it in your mind, like, do we have another baby or don't we, or what we do. And actually I could make up a million reasons why we should or shouldn't or, And keep thinking about it, but actually dropping into my body and trusting and trusting the conversations with life of what's unfolding, you go, oh, okay, thanks for that bit of information. (laughs) And, you know, it's just quite profound. You're like, oh, that's a probably pretty big confirmation and thank you. (laughs) So, yeah, it's really incredible. I love it
0: was like the is that the accurate title the Queen of Um Children as Messengers. I really just love how many, how many stories that you've shared with or actually
1: had in sessions. So that's so amazing, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, the I just sometimes I go, how did that even happen? Like I how did and I think some people or maybe before this lens I wouldn't have seen that as a conversation with life I wouldn't have even put the two and two together maybe but now with this lens and understanding that life is always communicating with us we can always look for kind of signs and messages and just being in constant sort of awareness and presence with the world around us that now those conversations stand out like (laughs) those messages like oh okay you've actually bought me a baby doll to talk with right now (laughs) thank you and you've given us a name so wow (laughs) you couldn't get much clearer
0: (laughs) so so clear isn't it and as you say I remember in earlier days just like and I'm sure I still do but overlooking and not not seeing not seeing what was being communicated and these amazing beings who keep trying to tell us stuff, trying to be messengers. I also really want to acknowledge, I, I think I, I know I did in your podcast, but I don't think I did hear about learning. I learned a lot of this stuff from Philip Golubuck from the field project. And I really want to acknowledge him. So powerful to see, you know, and of course, sometimes the things that are going on for children are just about them yeah, uh, as well. And so often they are here to support us in changing because us changing supports them in having you know that kind of loving and willing environment that they that they thrive in so Yeah, yeah
1: absolutely i think a really simple example of that is um my children you know even just getting dressed to go outside in the mornings and wearing jumpers you know, it was a big one for us where where I they should be wearing jumpers. It's cold outside. I'm told that you need to have a jumper on and a hat and a beanie and you've got to be warm and all these things. And you know, they didn't want to do it. And they it was a battle in the morning to get these jumpers on them. And and it was stressful and hard. And I'd get really anxious trying to get them dressed. And and that's all shifted. Now, with this awareness and understanding of one feeling like, oh my god, I need to, why aren't they listening to me? And you need to do this, and you need to put a jumper on because of da da da. Um, but actually, looking through my own fears of, well, actually, I was really worried about other people's judgments of me if I if they saw my kid dressed a certain way or um not dressed. <laughs> um, in appropriate clothing. And like, once I'd work through all of the, what my perceived thoughts and judgments were and have those lovingly heard, I could then honor their will needs and see their will needs of autonomy and choice and really trust the fact that actually they know when they're cold and they know when they want a jumper and okay. Trusting that and One day, I think maybe we even left the jumpers home or something happened and they're like, I'm not wearing a jumper. You're not listening to me. And I was like, oh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not listening to you. I'm so sorry. Okay, well, I'll bring the jumper and you can choose. And they aren't cold. (laughs) and So I realized how much of our conditioning um, we just repeat if we don't actually look at things or we don't work out what's ours. As parents and then yeah some of it is theirs that they have but when we've worked through our own things that are coming up for us we can then clearly meet our children with what is theirs and so then once I'd shifted my own beliefs and perceptions and things around what my child should and shouldn't wear actually because that's all you know that disconnected domination culture I could go oh you choose what do you want to wear I'll bring a jumper, you get cold. And then they do come to me and say, um, I'm cold now and they choose and really trusting their autonomy around, um, what they need because they know what they need. And I just wish more and more people knew about this and, and could understand that. Cause every time we override a child's knowing what they need with, how warm they are and their temperature control, then they lose that ability themselves a little bit because they override it and think, oh, okay, well, I won't trust what I need. I'll follow someone else who's outside of me. Um, and we wonder why we get to adulthood and not quite sure if we're hungry or what we need or if we need to sleep or are we actually just thirsty or all of these things. And so, um, you know, that's just a little story around how I've implemented this awareness and, and the different combinations of loving myself, um, working through my own love hurts and then willingness and, um, listening to my children's yeses and no's, and then the, bringing in the conversations with life, you know, it's a really rich, um, paradigm. Love it. Yum.
0: no yay wow i love how practical and tangible you you bring it into um yeah clear expression as you're
1: talking Mm. and it's even interesting with that little jumper story um just reflecting the amount of times that we're out in winter we're on my kids are on the scooters and you know often passers-by are like oh they must be cold or oh don't they know you know you hear these sort of and again realizing that those comments now don't actually bother me i go oh yeah no they tell me when they're cold and it whereas before i would probably have even gone oh you know maybe they maybe i'll you know maybe they should be wearing a jumper or all those things and actually going no they're not cold they'll tell me um we we get to we get to be so solid in ourselves and more and more, it's not all the time. I don't want to, I want to make that really clear. This is an ongoing process. But we get to be more solid in our parenting, and then that correlates into being more solid for our children. Mm. Mm. Amazing. Yum. Mm.
0: Thank you. Mm, thank you. I love how you talk about it. I love how you embody this, and I love that you're mentoring other in it and i i wondered if you want to share like you know where people can find you what you're what you're doing so people can come along and and experience more of you
1: yay yes thank you um yes so people can find me on my website is (laughs) www.shellyclark.com um and on there i have I just want to say that's, so, oh, I'll put it in the notes anyway, but it's Shelley
0: with an EY and Clark with an E. I always say that when I yes. the name EY and E at the end.
1: Yes, I should um, uh, get used to saying that too. Um, yeah, so ShelleyClark.com and on my website there you can sign up for my newsletter and I'll be sharing more um, in the newsletters and more regularly there's also a couple of my courses that I've got up there. Um, Twenty-one days of play is one that I've done that is there, and it's a evergreen, you know, on-demand, and you can self-paced um, course around play. Um, and then I also have mentoring, so um, we can do. 10 weeks or, you know, a big chunk of mentoring time to support you in your parenting and to work through some of their things and to really um, deepen your knowledge and awareness around the method. Um, so that's there as well. And also on uh, Instagram, it's at underscore Shelly Clark underscore and the same on Facebook too, actually, at Shelley Clark mm. underscore Shelly Clark underscore. Or mind body parenting, you can search that too. It'll come up. Thanks. Mm, thank you, Shelley. I so appreciate
0: your presence in the world, and thank you for coming to chat today. It was so fun, and and yeah. If the, so, they'll also be able to listen to the the podcast we just recorded, also on yes. on your website in a as you say in a couple of weeks or a
1: few. Yeah. Weeks. Yeah. So it'll be the mind body parenting podcast with Shelley Clark and, um, that will be launching in March. So you'll be able to find that on all the places that you can find, um, podcasts on Apple or Spotify or all the things, um, that's very exciting. So I'm really super excited to bring, you know, some chats and conversations, um, around parenting, but also mind body connection and, um, obviously you're on there, but then I'll be talking to, you know, different experts in different fields and having some wonderful conversations. So I'm really excited about that too. I keep saying yum.
0: (laughs) I know. Congratulations, Shelley. And thanks for being here and so much love to you.
1: Mm, Thank you very much.